Blog Talk Radio. everyone, this is Marty Oakley of the PPJ Gazette Online, and this is the TS Radio Network. <laughs> and as you can tell, I have a cold. Anyway, I'm not going to be doing a lot of talking tonight. We're going to be taking a different direction on all of this guardianship abuse, probate abuse, all of this stuff tonight. We've, we've heard all the stories. For God's sake, they're nightmares, every one of them. What we need is resolution. How do we fix this? We have been faced with several bills that have come out that supposedly like the Elder Justice and Protection Act and the Free Act and this act and that act, and none of them does a damn thing to halt this system of human trafficking. None of them holds any of these predators accountable, responsible, accountable to the law. None of them does one thing to put a monkey wrench in this court-based system of human trafficking. This is all done for profit. This is the buying and selling of human beings, and damn you if you get caught in it. Um, the, the laws that are broken routinely in this system are enough to make you blow chunks. One of the worst parts of this, if you've ever attended any of these hearings or viewed any of these cases, is what goes on in these so-called courts. These are probate tribunals. They are not courts of law. That's set up specifically to be that way, to take you away from the civil and common law and criminal law and put you into this special tribunal where you have no rights. The Constitution does not protect you. Um, The first thing that's done is you are stripped of your identity, literally stripped of your identity. It is handed over to this predator guardian. You can't even tell anyone at that point who you are because you don't own your own name. That's the first thing to happen, and it has to happen in order for the rest of this kangaroo court to operate efficiently. What we've seen happen in these courts is a travesty on so many levels, and supposedly it's all legal. But there is a difference between legal and lawful, and there is a difference between moral and reprehensible. So what the girls are going to be talking about tonight is what can we do? What, what is it that we're actually facing? It's fraud on the court. Is the court part of the problem? Is it a willing participant in the fraud? And what can possibly be done about it? And with that, I'm going to introduce Betty Gosnell and Peggy Dupree, and they're pretty much going to take things over from here and talk about what they've discovered about fraud on the court and what can possibly be done. Girls, it's on you. Thank you. Betty? (laughs) What happened? Peggy, are you um, on? Yeah, I'm on. Uh, I guess I'll start okay. talking. Betty must have got disconnected. She's going to have to call back. 
Um, okay. We'll do this a little bit different. Uh, we're going to be talking today about fraud upon the court and what is fraud upon the court. Um, any, I'm not a lawyer. I like to state that at the beginning of the show, I'm just a person that does legal research. So any information that I provide to TS radio shows, you can find this in your law library. The information is true. Okay, fraud upon the court occurs when the judicial machinery itself has been tainted, such as when an attorney who is an officer of the court is involved in the perpetration of a fraud or making material misrepresentations of the court. Okay, like say if, for instance, he he's saying that, you know, this person is a um, citizen of this state and, and that person is not, that it's misrepresentation. That's just an example. Okay, what do we do about this? This is very important, Marty, that your listeners write this stuff down because I can guarantee you attorneys will not tell you this stuff, okay, Uh, because they want to continue litigation so they can drain your finances, okay? So when you know for a fact there's fraud going on in your guardianship case, you must do these things. No way around it. You must speak to the judge politely in a manner that you say, Your Honor, I object. And the way you do it is uh, you'll say, tell the judge that you raise objection. It's very important that you say these exactly the way I'm telling you, that you raise objection because there is fraud upon the court and that you request him or her to void the order and judgments of that court is in your case. Now, if, first of all, I need to back it just a little bit because there's a process that we will go far before we even get into that hearing. The opposing attorney and the plaintiff's attorney will have a discovery, it's called. If you do not go through this process and you take your evidence to trial, they can dismiss your evidence, okay, fraud upon the court. You must have it go through discovery. It has to be subpoenaed. The opposing party has to subpoena your attorney for evidence, and your attorney has to subpoena the opposing attorneys for evidence to go through discovery. And they have to record it and put it in a vault, depending if it's a civil or criminal in a guardianship case, okay? Important to take note of that. Okay, then once we go over that, the attorney has a duty to the court against concealment. If an attorney knows that this fraud upon the court is concealment, He must raise, this is important because this is how they defraud the victims, Marty, is the the attorneys do not raise collateral attack, it's called, upon judgment on the grounds of fraud. If you don't do that, what happens is when you go into appeal process, the appeal process judge will say, well, you know, you have great evidence, but we have to dismiss it because you didn't raise collateral attack at an earlier beginning of your uh, hearings in the lower courts. So your case is over with. Uh, it's unfair, but it happens all the 99% of the time in guardianship cases. These attorneys are aware that they have to raise collateral attack in order to be able to file appeal. They don't do that, but they don't tell your, the plaintiff they're working for that, you know, we just, we just cost you to lose your case. That's why so many people have to go to the Supreme Court, but then they'll still knock you down because you didn't go through that process, Okay. And another thing that you have to raise that when you're in court, if you know your ju- you, if you know the attorney is not representing information to the judge, 
then you have to stand up and say, you know, object. For example, you could say the questions of jurisdiction and always be uh, and always raise that, that, you know, they don't have jurisdiction over you. Judges cannot make rulings if you're not in their jurisdiction, which I mean in their county. Do you live in their county? They can't write orders if you don't live in their counties. To open up a guardianship case, you have to actually live there in order to open a guardianship case, okay? And then you can raise no, then you have to raise no judgments can be binding if the courts which rendered it was without jurisdiction. You have to raise all this stuff because it does not go automatically. I've not seen one attorney, Marty, do this for people because they're making millions of dollars off these guardianships. It's very, very sad of what's happening in our, um, the Florida legal uh, system. And then, uh, uh, go ahead. Peggy, it's happening everywhere, and that's the thing, the largest, to me, one of the biggest problems in this whole issue is the lack of actual representation by legal counsel. Uh, They'll stand there silent. They won't say anything when they should be objecting. They won't defend their client. They they won't do anything. They just stand there. Well, I can tell you why they can't do that. Okay. Because, see, they get federal grants, and as long as they get federal grants, it's a it's bias for them to even uh, represent you because once you petition, that attorney petitions for that guardianship, federal funds goes into that court. The attorneys get a certain percentage of that, and I'll find out next show we do how much percentage they get, and that attorney gets a certain percentage of their caseload off of that guardianship. So he's not going to uh, represent the, the plaintiff because he's making money. It's really a conflict of interest. When these attorneys knowingly do not inform their clients, well, I'm going to be receiving federal uh, grants from your guardianship case. I can't really represent you. That needs to change. We're going to change that because it's misleading the public. Another thing that's misleading the public is these guardianships are owned by the state. What I mean by that is once you petition the court, the ward is they own the ward, they own their assets, the banks, their lands, everything. They can dispose their bodies as they see fit. You've lost all rights. You have no rights because they own you, okay? And they misrepresent what guardianship programs are. It's not a guardianship program because a program is where you go in and out. You can opt out. Well, guardianship, you don't get out unless you go through death. We all know that part. So what we need to do is, educate listeners on how to handle themselves in courts because I can guarantee you the attorneys are not going to do this for you because their goal is to liquidate your assets, not to help you. So you have to do your own research and educate yourself to protect your family's assets. And, you know, house of discovery is very important, a fraud post-judgment. Okay, if you don't raise it at the beginning of once you get through discovery, you can't use it. Remember, through the post-judgment. Or plaintiffs will be denied themselves the opportunity to set aside a settlement upon the discovery of fraud of the later date. You have to raise it at the very beginning of the hearings. You can't wait till you go through your appeal process to do this, folks. You have to do it at the beginning before it gets to the appeal process. Okay? Seeking to set aside a judgment on the basis that it was obtained by fraud um, is an abuse of process if evidence of the fraud could have been obtained through discovery. Now, you remember, in order for it to be legal, you have to make sure 
ask your attorney, can I see where you subpoena to the opposing counsel discovery of evidence? If that attorney has not subpoenaed evidence the proper way, when you get into trial, they will admit the evidence. And, and that could be your whole case right then and there. So be careful with that. Make sure you ask your attorney to show you the, the order where he sent by a process server the subpoena requesting discovery of your evidence. Then you're, you're safeguarding yourself. And a lot of times they won't have it, will they? <laughs> because they never did it. Uh, no, they it, won't. It, it, yeah. Uh, this thing and it, what really bothers me in all this, Peggy, is the, if you listen, if you sit in on any of these so-called so hearings, the obvious collusion between that hearing examiner and the attorneys and the guardian, it's blatant. It's right out there in front of everybody, and yet everybody stands there, just never says anything. And here these people are being drugged through the mud and robbed, and God knows what else they do party. to them. That's yes, the goal. The yes, goal is. is to mentally uh, make you have a nervous breakdown, post-traumatic stress. Yep. Their goal is to make you yep. so disabled that when you enter that courtroom, you're so distraught of everything that has happened, you can't think. And, that, and they want to keep you in that mode so they can take advantage of you. Okay? Yes. So we've got to start. When you go into the courtroom, Betty, Betty says, how do you stay so calm, Peggy, when you're in court and the judge is just like screaming and yelling at you and stuff? You have to act like a cucumber, I tell her. You have to be cool-headed when you go in. Which, which I mean, you have to dissect your personal self from your case. You cannot take anything personal or you will not survive your guardianship case. The, the opposing attorney is there to, uh, tack, to do her tactical on you to make you scream, yell, to say you're mental, you're unfit. That's their goal is to make you lash back out. You can't do that or you'll lose your case. You have to go in, you just look at her like, okay, and just be real calm and talk politely to the judge. No matter if it is a corrupted judge, you always have to be the better person. Yes. So, you know, uh, you have to go by procedures at all time in order to win your case and at trial with reasonable diligence. If you don't do these steps, you won't win your case and get your life back. Your goal is to end your nightmare in these fraudulent guardianships and get your inheritance back. But if you don't do these steps, the lawyers love you because they love to take your money. Okay, support of your fraud claim. Okay, there's some things I want you to think about when you're going in. I want you to be organized because it's like sometimes you only get 20 minutes to plead your case. And, you know, you need to support your fraud claim. You will have to have prove each six elements of fraud. I wrote many more other things down, but these are important. Prove credible evidence for each part of your claim. Make sure you go through discovery before you even get to trial, okay? There are a statement of misrepresentation that was false. If the attorney, uh, uh, like say the attorney took an elderly person, they never got a notice, then you need to raise that fraud and you need to explain, wait a second, this is kidnapping because by law these attorneys know the legal process in order to take a person for uh, examination, okay? They can't bypass certain things. They have to subpoena the person to court, get examination, have three examining people evaluate the person. They can't just come to your home uh, with a cop and take you. It, it doesn't work like that. And so many people I have heard 
said, that is what happened in my case. So you need to don't open the door. If you see them outside, don't open the door. Have cameras up. Record these people doing this illegal activity in your guardianship case. Okay, prove credible evidence for each of part of your claim. There was a statement. Okay, we already went through that. Okay, you got to nail down the statement that the attorney is making false allegations against you uh, with, your, uh, with the misrepresentation that was made. Like, you know, uh, you don't live in the jurisdiction. You have to always say, I object, collateral, I raise this. Always remember, I object and I raise this claim to be fraud upon the court. And then you, the judge will say, on what grounds? And I would say, well, I, uh, I went through discovery. You have to sort of explain to the judge. You went through the process. Here's the exhibit the opposing party already has through discovery. That way the judge knows you properly did your process right. That way he can't dismiss it. So they enter this as um, exhibit one, okay? You nail that down. You got your fraud. You're, we're almost through court now, Marty. The other party either knew it was false or acted within reckless disregards to the truth. You have to raise that the opposing attorney knew about it. You have to have evidence to disclaim him. And then the statement must be uh, true. I mean, excuse me, the statement must be a lie that he had made, and you have to provide the evidence with exhibits. The false statement must be relative to the material facts. Remember that you tell the judge the false statement uh, was relative to the material facts of the guardianship case. If I go too fast, let me know. There's so much about fraud upon the court that you have to go through the process. Well, these shows are always archived, so if people can't keep up, you can always come back and listen and stop it where you need yes. to make your note. So go ahead, Peggy. Okay, so when you're, when you know, you have to always double check your attorney. Attorneys do make uh, mistakes. I'm not saying they intentionally make mistakes, but this is your family. This is your life inheritance, so you have to double check to work. So you want to make sure that they complete the petition. They file the petition with the courts correctly and make sure it's the jurisdiction because I've seen attorneys following the wrong courts, which got the case dismissed. Have the petition served on the other party. Make sure you get a copy from the sheriff's department that that attorney did. And it's not to insult your attorney, but you have every right because you are paying this attorney to work for you to ask for copies of everything he does. But stay on top of him with this. Gather evidence for your um, your court case. You know, uh, support your fraud claim. Gather the documentation. You know, that's through, through discovery. Establish testimony. Now, remember, if you have a doctor that you would like to do it, uh, be an expert in your guardianship case or a fraud examiner or um, a PI investigator, you have to subpoena this person for the testimony. If you don't and they end up sh showing up there, they will refuse them to testify. Uh, you can order Scott, but it's like, uh, it's like 60 days. In some states, you need to uh, check on what the regulations is on Skype. Some doctors, they're so busy to give experts uh, their expert opinions through courts, they like to do Skype. Make sure you follow the American with Disabilities rules. Petition within uh, the time frame because every county is different. And make sure that you have that you requested this doctor go on Skype. And this because everyone, remember, that's going in guardianship. Every single one qualifies for American with Disabilities Act accommodation. So use that tools to help 
protect your loved one or protect yourself. If you have a problem, you can't walk up to the court. Um, organize your case is very important. Important, excuse me. Okay, um, we're done with that. That's what the attorneys need to be working on to get you into court. There's some things the attorney may do once he gets you into court that you need to be aware of. The opposing attorney I'm talking about. Now, the opposing attorney has tactics that they try to use on the plaintiff to discredit them because they want them to raise their voice to the judge or, or say something out of um, their turn so the judge can say, okay, attempt, bailiff, take this person out, your case is over. That opposing attorney, if she knows you have credible evidence fraud upon the court and that she, you could destroy her career, her goal is to get you discredited immediately to end this before they end her career, okay, or his career. So they may make statements, uh, okay, so the defense attorney will play, okay, the plaintiff's mental, okay, and then she'll, she'll just say uh, she doesn't even know when her, her child was born or she doesn't know their favorite color. She'll do something that she knows that will, that will get underneath your skin. You've got to be cool. You can't let the defense attorney, even if she says something that's not true about you, ignore it. Because her goal is to get you in contempt so they can arrest you. So you can't you can't lose your temper in these guardianship cases, and that's what the uh, opposing attorney tries to do. And your goal is to stay calm, collect, provide the evidence, follow the guidelines I told you that the attorney must follow to, in order for you to win your case. And your main goal is you want damages from your suffering from the guardianship, direct loss of money, or have to spend more money or having to spend more money to correct the situation as a test as a result of acting on the uh, false statements. So if you don't raise a collateral attack at the beginning of it, remember the attorney's not going to do any of this for you folks, and he's going to love sitting there and say, well, uh, the attorney will say, do you have anything else you would like to, to mention in the case? No, that's all, Your Honor. And then they'll say, okay, at this time, some will set a trial date for another trial, to, like if it's at the end of the day. They might say, okay, we'll, we'll pick up tomorrow on this. Sometimes it doesn't get there. The attorneys, does, they want to continue, continue litigating so they can drain money from that estate. And they're doing it two ways, Marty. They're taking it from your financial uh, accounts, and they're also taking it, and people don't understand these guardianships, Federal funds are a trillion-dollar business in these guardianships, and these attorneys are getting so much money, and it's never documented, Marty, on the books. You can go to public records, and you will never find any of this, no track of where the money's going. Each governor will, uh, will each, each circuit will have to file, uh, at the end of the year, they'll tell the governor, well, we have so many cases. And we need, and they only allow them, depending on the volume of their cases, so much money. So, of course, they're going to try to cattle everybody in because the higher count they have, the more money these judges are getting kickbacks and these attorneys are getting kickbacks off of that money. Just holding their cases, they make thousands of dollars a year, Marty, even if they don't ever litigate their cases. As long as their name is on that ward's uh, file, they get thousands of dollars from federal funding. Okay, so that's another reason why this attorney is going to want to continue litigating this case. He does not want to lose that federal funding. You know, that's something that I didn't know. I knew that they were getting they were getting a um, 
cut. I know the hearing examiner gets, if you're on the East Coast, it's 2 to 3 percent. As you move further west, it jumps up to 5 or 6 percent of the value of the estate each time there's a motion brought in front of that court. I mean, you can hear the cash register ringing on this thing. And they're forcing the the victim to finance them, which I think is probably one of the most insidious parts of all of this. Uh, as I've said many times, these people are being forced to pay the person who's weaving the rope to do it. Um, this is the, the, the avenues they have come up with to tap the estate, to get funding, to keep on charging, charging, charging. Um, I read recently, Peggy, that 60% of the large law firms in this country make their payroll off of guardianship conservator cases. It's how they keep their offices running. It's off of these cases. So that should tell you something right there. Have we had any luck getting Betty back in? Betty? Let me see if I can put her back in again. Okay. All right. But this is, you know, something what's hard for people to accept. And one of the reasons that they always say, oh, this doesn't happen. That can't happen. You're lying. No, they're not lying. This happens every day, every single day. And it could happen to you. So be careful, you know, how you talk there. Um, did you get her? Betty? Okay. Are you I guess she's still Okay, I know, I'm not sure. She just needs to call in. Well, anyway, let's get back okay. to fraud upon the court. Okay, so okay. you know basically the process, and you know what you need. You know what you, that attorney must do to protect your case. Your goal is to end it, not to get it through, a, not to have to go through appeals or Supreme Court. You want to end it in the lower courts. Okay, so we already got that established of what we need to do there. Okay, some a few other things that we need to start looking at. That's the reason uh, they commit fraud upon the court. It's a social security. Okay. Prior before they commence a person in guardianships, I'm doing data and I'm gonna get I'm gonna do about fifteen minutes talk about some things I'm doing, uh, Marty. Okay. The social security is uh they will apply for social security illegally. They don't have no legal jurisdiction of that person, no legal documents, but yet they go ahead and they apply for it. Okay, through DCF. DCF applies for it, okay? And then before you know it, cops are at your door illegally with no warrant or anything, and they take you. And you know how they're able to do that, Marty? The reason how they're able to do that is through a domestic uh, relations. Court order is called. It's called a protective order. Some people might know it as a protective order uh, that DCF does. Okay, this is a little game that DCF plays. Well, what DCF will do is they will do a protective order, and they'll put it into the judge. Now, you will never see this protective order. You'll never be able to go to this hearing. It would just be DCF, their attorney, and the judge. So there's no there's no way to to say your tell your side of the story the story about the the fraudulent guardianship because they don't give you that because under the protective order they don't have to do that. So you go through this protective order. So they end up uh, doing an order, taking this person. They could take this person almost out of state. As long as the judge signs for it, you can't do nothing about it. And and wow. there's no way to uh, to go to the police. If you go to the police and say, 
my loved one was kidnapped from another state. As long as they have that court order, you know what the police will tell you? Well, ma'am or mister, I see this is a civil action. You need to retain an attorney. Well, it's a little uh-huh. more complicated than that. But but okay. the law don't look at it that way in these guardianships, Marty. The law just looks at, okay, this person has legal documents. He doesn't investigate how they got it illegally, okay? He doesn't care. His job is over. The sheriff will tell his deputies, don't know further investigation, which that's what we need to change in legislation because 99% of these fraudulent guardianships is created created by protective orders, and the public does isn't aware of it, and then they're able to go to the bank with that order, and they can liquidate all of your money. They don't have to justify anything, okay. Marty. They can take your money. Yeah, uh, and they and they we got, uh, the judge gets by with it. Okay, we got Betty it's on very with disturbing. us. We got her hooked up finally. So, but, but, Betty, you want to jump they in here? Do, Yes, they, they yeah. are aware oh, yeah. of these things going. It's a scheme. It's a racket. And um, one of the th- uh, cases that I wanted to discuss tonight was um, a, a, fa- a founder of guardianship firm gets 47 years in prison. A federal judge in Santa Fe on Thursday sentenced the founder of one of the state's biggest guardianship firms to 47 years in prison for um for orchestrating a decade-long scheme that embezzled more than $11.7 million from special needs and disabled clients so that she and her family could live the life of luxury. But they do know that these things are taking place. And it's not just um, people that have large estates, and it's not just the elderly. It's anyone can fall victim to these uh, guardianships. And in this case right here, it, it, it tells you it's the... Uh, they're preying on disabled clients. They're going after Medicaid. Right. So you know, right. after, it's well, like, like take thing. They have so many ways that they're they're uh, benefiting off these guardianships, federal funding. Um, like she's saying, they're yes. awarding the states federal funding. Then they're stealing from Medicaid. Yes. Then they're robbing people of their estate. Right. Well, that's like that guardian mm-hmm. up there in uh, uh, Michigan. That Mary Rowan now has more than 1,700 wards, and she's collecting everybody's Social Security, any um, uh, <coughs> veterans' awards, any railroad retirement, and she stalls them in her residential homes that have never been inspected, and she regularly has people kidnapped and installed, and she takes their money. 1,700 wards, imagine that. So there's many of them out there doing business by volume, exactly what you're talking about, Betty, the disabled you know, uh, and, people that and have like chronic illness. In this article, it'll, it says, at the sentencing hearing, Vasquez told Susan she was uh, minimizing her her role in the widespread theft and fraud that she affected up to a 1,000 clients over a decade. The judge said it appeared that she she had a lack of understanding for the harm caused to the victims. Now, what happens to all these cases? They sentence this lady to to prison, but she doesn't get a life sentence. She should because she took all these people's lives away from them. You know, what happens to all these victims? And then did she have to make restitution? She was sentenced to prison. But did she have to make restitution to the people she, she cheated? No. I didn't think so. 
Yeah, go ahead. So it's just like what happens to these victims? They have no rights. They're stripped of their rights. It's against the Constitution. It's just well, nothing legal about it. I think that, you know, uh, I used to work for the Department of Children and Family, and I used to see how they used to write the policies. And I honestly uh, believe that we have to be just like the attorneys. For example, right now we have uh, Florida has put a task force in place where they have their attorneys on board, they have the, all the judges on board, and they have professional guardians on board, and they have the doctors on board. So they're doing data. If anyone approaches you in the state of Florida and asks you to give your complaint to them, don't do it. I'll tell you why I don't do it. Because what they're doing is they're sitting there seeing, okay, how did they discover fraud upon the court in their case? Well, when these people go to this panel, it's the Florida Task Force. It's in Pinellas County. But they've been traveling all over every county in the state of Florida. They want to try to figure out how these people figured out fraud upon a court in their case. So what they'll do is they'll take all these people's complaints, and then they're going to do a data on them. And then coming in January, what they're going to do is make it so more harder so they can't detect fraud upon the court. So that is why we are going to do the same exact thing as them. But the opposite, what we're doing is we're studying their behavior. We're studying how they're coming up with, with their um, uh, critical thinking of how they're going to uh, uh, resolutions of these. Uh, what they're trying to do is rename the guardianship in Florida and do what is called a support decision-making, which is more dangerous than the guardianship because now it takes the family completely uh, they make it look one way, but in reality, they'll let, let say a person off the street has a disability. Okay, yeah. say I am a, a professional guardian, and I would say, come with me. And they're like, you know how disabled people are sometimes. They'll come with people if you're nice to them. Okay, come with me. Just sign this paper, and I'll take real good care of you. I'm patting them on the back. I'll give you ice cream. Uh, I'll take you to the movies. You know, play games with you. I'll do whatever I have to do to get this person in my caseload, right? Okay. So now I just get this person to sign over. Well, guess what? You can't go to court. The parents can't go to court and say, wait a second. This person was tricked because they're, they're, uh, they're putting things in law where a disabled person can sign their rights over to this professional guardian. Now, come on. What is wrong with this picture? Fraud upon the right. court. They, ha- they have the right to give permission to be stripped of all their rights. And yeah. m- most disabled well, people noticed- can't even read and write, don't even know what they're doing. Right. right. And I noticed lately, I watch the Bar Association all the time, with supported decision-making making such headway and people opting for it and advocating for it against these guardianships. The Bar Association now is trying to incorporate it into their thing as supported decision-making with a responsible guardian uh, making sure everything runs smoothly. See, they want to keep those people in there because that's where the money is. And uh, But they're trying to absorb that so that it looks like it's their idea and they're trying to make it a better system. It never was a good system. Guardianship has always been about kidnapping people, holding them hostage, and robbing them blind. That's all it's ever been about. So, well, see, a few years ago, girls. 
a few years ago, a few years ago, excuse me, Governor Scott uh, of Florida, he was trying to get executive order passed, but it didn't go through because so many attorneys, civil rights uh, leaders, was going to the Supreme Court because he wanted it a, a law written that if anybody received Social Security, oh, wow. they had to be in an institution or in a guardianship. He did not want them in their fa- with their families and stuff. His goal was to take them from their families and put them in the state and stuff so uh, they could control the money. And you know for a fact that the government doesn't have the best interest in people's families. Only the families do, okay? So he started this a few years back doing that. And now what is happening is the governor, uh, Ron DeSantos, is working with the Department of um, Justice in Washington, D.C., and Department of Children and Family all over the United States, and what they're doing with each governor is making sure that DCF is over all guardianship, elderly and young adults. Okay, so they yes, make they... a decision. Now, remember that they have closed hearings, and under these protective orders, they commit fraud upon the court all the time, and there's no way that you're going to be able to get that information because, remember, the Department of Children and Family has non-disclosures. You can't get that evidence anymore because the DOJ did sign a policy, and the Governor Ron DeSantos and other governors have signed this into law where you can't. So it is a system that's already rigged prior before you get into it that you're not going to win, I can guarantee you, uh, with a department, children, and family, because they're uh, protected under immunity. And they know that so many people have caught them with fraud upon the court. So with this new hell coming apart, right now, some of this stuff I'm telling you will work. But come uh, 2022, they got this panel going on. They're trying to figure out a way, these attorneys are, to uh, bypass this. So what we're trying to do, USA Citizens Guardianship Task Force, is we're writing a questionnaire, and I'll be showing you this, Marty, within a week. And I want to give it out to all victims. And then I'm working on going to legislation myself to counterclaim this new bills coming forth. And, you know, they're looking at one way where they're saying, okay, this is how we're going to uh, tie up the loopholes and they can't discover our fraud anymore. I'm doing the opposite. I'm looking at their policies, and I'm grabbing things that I can discover they're doing wrong and then counterclaim them that way. That's our way of thinking. To bypass these guardianships, because we shouldn't have to have judges do orders. And for me, for instance, I never wanted guardianships. I was forced under distress with guardianships. If a person never petitioned for guardianships, why should you ask a judge when you're taking care of your own children to, to opt out of a guardianship. I mean, they're not supporting my family, so what is it benefiting me? It's benefiting the judges, the attorneys, the state, but it's not benefiting my family whatsoever. So why should we have to be forced under these guardianships? We need to all start standing up and start saying, you know, uh, no, it's unconstitutional. They're acting like, Marty, that people, say you have a disabled person that can't, can't take care of themselves. They're acting like the family members are incompetent and can't take care of their loved ones, only the state. And you know that's not true. The state, they've already, uh, they've already done a lot of legal research on Department of Children and Family. 90% of the kids there are molested, abused, murdered. Now you tell me if that's a good situation for these children to be in. Now that the Governor Ron DeSantis passed his new bill, the guardianship is fixing to get more 
dangerous than ever in the state of Florida. And, so more and, people need to educate themselves on what state they want to retire in and see what governor and senators working on their bills to protect their centers, uh, the, their assets because I don't see any uh, citizen being protected under these guardianships. The only thing I see happening right now is these public officials are writing these legislations and they are getting protected of harming our family members and there's no repercussion to these, these public officials. That has to change. We have resolutions we're working on to get to the legislation. We're not going to sit here and keep talking the talk. We're going to we're going to do something about it. The people have to understand the process of how we have to do it. Now, in order for us to get to the federal level, our goal is to get to the federal level. Well, we have to have 100 uh, 100,000 signatures and petition Congress to hear these cases. I think organizations out there should want to petition, uh, participate in this movement because it affects every single living person. And to end abolishing guardianships because we know how to take care of ourselves. We don't need the government controlling us. But we got to take well, it on the federal level. Because if we don't right, take exactly. it on a federal level and put it back in federal statutes, what's going to end up happening is these senators are writing these more bills that's that you have to go by state statutes. If we say, wait a second, we refuse to buy by state statutes because our Constitution says we, we are under federal supreme constitutions, we keep it under there, they can't own us. But if we continue allowing them to continue uh, just changing the guardianship name and continue going on, just like Senator K uh, Schaefer did an independent study, had 300 FBI agencies, went all over the state of Florida and Georgia and proved that the Department of Children uh, Family was a, a racketeering outfit and that they would definitely harm the public. And she pleaded with Congress to end it before they destroy the United States as families as we know it. And you know what? She ended up dead. They don't want families, but it's going to take thousands of us to fight this. A few of us can't do this. We know we know what needs to be done, but it's going to take a big civil rights movement, and we need to do it because these guardianships will get at the point where you you'll automatically go into them, and you can't get out um, of it. They will get to the point they want to petition. Brenda Bryant mentioned having all the advocacy groups join a coalition. I think is a wonderful idea. Well, I agree with you. It would be Betty, but we, you see, we we have what we call glory hogs, who are in this for different reasons than you and I are. And when they say, you know, we need to unify, we need to, what they're really saying is, as long as you're all subjective to me, and as long as I get to be the one in front of the camera, and as long as you know, and this is what they're talking. And these people have messed up more stuff, more honest effort. The last thing they want yeah. is unity if they aren't at the head of it. And getting credit right, for so we don't need people exposing of people's cases and destroying their evidence. I understand well, that. I, I have seen that. I can tell you why these glory hogs will continue being glory hogs because if you look at uh, these glory hogs, how are they making their money? What they're doing is people have post-traumatic stress. They lost their loved ones. They lost their estate. They lost their bank account. What they'll do is a lot of people, like I told you, Marty, remember that um, these uh, advocacy groups, they can go and get orders and get to take their bank. They can go straight into a bank and get your assets without you even knowing anything about it. 
You'll never get served papers. You won't even have a clue what took place until you get a notice your bank got closed down. Uh, these advocate groups will take your money, but then they'll make you look like they're paying for your attorney fees. In reality, they're taking from your estate. Or I've also found evidence where they're also, if they can't take it from your estate, what they'll do is take your evidence, and they got a few attorneys they work with, whistleblowers, and they'll gather enough information, depending on what state they live in, these glory hogs, they'll get the evidence. These people don't even know because they trust these people. They'll take their evidence, and they'll make millions of dollars off a case. These victims are still victims, and they don't even realize what happened. You'll never know because in whistleblowers, it's, all dis uh, it's not disclosed to the public. It's all sealed. So they have no clue the evidence they just gave to this uh, advocates group. They turned around and made money off of their, their estate being stolen. I think yes. that should be against the law. They should be arrested for what too. they did. Shame on them. Because, you know, they, they're making it look like they're an advocacy group, that they care about people. All they care about is stealing your money, folks. Be careful with these uh, glory hogs. Do not give your evidence. Yep. They're not attorney. Make sure before you give your evidence to any attorney, make sure they preserve your evidence in electronic filings and make sure you get that retainer agreement. Because if you give your evidence prior before you sign a retainer agreement, that attorney can turn around and do a whistleblower on you. So be careful. Yes. Uh, advocate for yourself. Be smart. Get out of these guardianships. We're going to do with this. It's just going to take a few strong all leaders, all of us, thank you, to get this done. And we can get this done. It's just a matter of sidestepping. These people are the glory hogs, as we call them. It's like walking through a minefield of crazy people and trying to figure out which head's going to blow up next. Um, I've well, seen more destruction done. Go ahead. Stay Go ahead. away from the glory hogs. Uh, we just yeah. If we educate the public of what these advocacy groups do, just like me, I'm an advocacy group, okay? I'm not going to – if I ask for your evidence, you're going to write a disclosure to me, and I'm going to tell you. I'm not going to do a whistleblower because I'm going to give you a contract. I'm doing legislation. I would first advise you to seek attorney before you give me anything. Because my goal in legislation is to reform guardianship. I actually am working to abolish it. I don't believe in guardianship. I think it's unconstitutional. Right. It takes all your civil rights away from you. And I believe there's enough family members that are competent to take care of a loved one without the government getting involved in your business. We've done it for centuries, folks. Yeah. We can do it again. And, and that's, you know, the thing here, too, um, that you cannot fix this system. It is so broken it is so it's corrupt it's that you cannot fix it yeah. it needs they to be abolished like the government has made it like a pyramid just like i was telling you earlier marty <laughs> excuse me they have this task force and what they're going to do is they're going to make sure you can't get out you're trapped they don't it's going to get where you can't even sue after they steal your money even if you could prove fraud upon the court, they're going to make it in these guardianships or you can't get restitution. I'm telling you, it's coming in 2022. These senators are sick and tired of people catching public officials violating federal and state laws, making them look incompetent. They're trying to conceal it. And that by the Governor Ron DeSantis signing that bill with Department of Children and Family and the Department of Justice, you will not get no restitution. 
Right. I have an article that says that Governor DeSantis wants to um, just let the state take care of guardianship cases and they don't even go to court. That's what he's pushing for. You know, why don't you? Oh, my God. Why? I can tell you because then he can conceal it under the – the DOJ's calls that they have with Department of Children and Families. It'll be non-disclosure if the state takes it. And what he's referring to, Betty, the state, he's referring to Department of Children and Family taking it. Which they've that already way, done anyway with the 944 bill. They've already know, disclosed the public record. In order for him to make it all legal and propose this executive order, he has to get it, um, the Supreme Court. He has to go to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court in Florida is useless. They do not protect people's civil rights. There are a bunch of politicians up there making millions of dollars off of people. But what they don't understand is there could be, oh, they got a new policy also, Betty, I forgot, where they're trying to exclude, uh, they're trying to exclude the, um, the public officials from guardianship. Can't believe I forgot that. They're trying to find ways where public officials cannot be liable in these guardianships, and they cannot be in these guardianships. Because I remember when, um, in 2016, when an um, attorney out of um, Palm Beach tried to petition for Donald Trump. Remember that? Yeah. So they're trying to get it where, you know, you can't do that anymore because so many people have tried to show examples of how dangerous these guardianships are. So we got a government that's trying to just say, okay, these are laws that you as citizens have to follow, federal and state laws, but these are laws that we are being excluded from. See, we're going into a communist country very quickly. And if yes, these we are. glory hogs don't get it, they're going to be the first ones taken because they're too incompetent to see what's coming. They and need you know the thing up. is, under the 14th Amendment, it says the laws will be applied equally to all men. You can't vote yourself immunity. You can't exempt yourself from a law that affects the rest of the country just because you said as senator or representative or president or whatever. You cannot do that, but you find any attorney that will absolutely go after that, and they won't. The only one I know of that does is John Whitehead with the Rutherford, and he's on them all the time. Um, but that's the, the thing you cannot – the law is void on its face when they exempted themselves. Uh, you cannot do that. And I still want to know how the Supreme Court and all these other judicial councils and whatever they are were able to vote themselves immunity – uh, and then and nobody says anything. Nobody says, "Wait, you can't do that. You don't have the right to do that." They vote exactly. themselves well, immunity. So they go ahead. Well, they wrote in legislation, which I'm just like shocked. Where in I've found some pieces of legislation where it states a judge can harm a person, but have immunity as long as she's on that bench and she's harming you, she's got immunity. Now, what person? What senator in the right mind would write a legislation, and what governor would allow a piece of this legislation to go in to legislation? We we don't have the people running this country. It's not protecting us. They're protecting their own self and making millions and trillions of dollars off of our suffering. 
And it has right. to stop. In order for us to, to stop it, we need, we need millions of people to get on board. We don't have another year because right now, as I speak, for the next 16 weeks, they're doing data in the state of Florida, North Carolina, Tennessee, Georgia. They're doing data. And they have to go into Congress and say, okay, each state, each senator will be doing a proposal with this decision uh, support making progress. They're going to try to get away from the guardianship name and just try to change it to make it look like they're doing something. Because when Britney Spears started, it's been exposed, but it's been more exposed with that young uh, pop star lately. And they realize what kind of racketeering the public has uh, um been exposed to. They know that their states could be stolen. It could happen to anybody. Well, they need to camouflage it because too many people are realized it's a scam, these guardianships. So they're just renaming it. They're going to go to Congress the 1st of January, 2022. They're going to do new proposals. And what they're doing is they're going around the country right now, Marty, and they're asking people that have complained to senators, uh, attorney generals, the governor's office, still on a complaint. Let's hear what you got to say. What they're going to do is figure out how you figure fraud upon a court so they make sure it never happens again. So they're asking the public to, to write in complaints, but they're going to use it against you folks. Don't fall for it. They are not going to work for you. We need to find ways to find what they're doing ahead of time so we can counterclaim it in the federal legislation levels or we're not going to make it through these guardianships. I thought in five years it would be really bad, but I only think within a year we have before it gets to the point where there's no petitions. Because once it went through the uh, uh, Department of Children and Family, all they do is got to write a protective order. They, there's no petitions, Marty, anymore. It's scary. This is just it's, – it's also highly unlawful. Um, the, the idea is but what bothers me. It's that here sits our elected representatives there and either don't say a word and object to this or they go along with it. Now, I got a problem with that. If you're not going to represent us and you're not going to defend us, get the hell out of there. Um, and that's just the way I feel about it. Uh, but this thing of no response from government, none that you would anticipate anyway. And, um, uh, the idea that these people put these bills out, you elected these people, and they put these bills out that are meant to harm you, that are meant to deprive you of your rights, to separate you from the law, to separate you from your identity, your assets, and anything else you might have. And these are people we put in office. Right and now, if you contact Oregon. them, go ahead. What? Um. Florida statute 765- Peggy, let me read them. Florida statute 765-523 prohibits discrimination based on disability and organ donation with the definition of supported decision-making that includes the guardian. So these guardians are uh, donating disabled people's organs. Yes. Uh, Can I – I'm going to tell you something about that. Uh, I have done some shows with Marcia Southwick on organ harvesting and the selling of body parts. What I'm wondering is in many of these guardianship cases where the person, the individual, the victim passes away and the family isn't notified for two weeks or two months and they say, oh, we disposed of the body. We, we had a funeral. We had them cremated. We had them. I think what actually has happened is they were sold off in parts. And I yes. truly think that's what's going on. They are sold off in parts and whatever doing. is left. 
and um, uh, so it it just there is so much more. There is this undercurrent to all of this, but they have figured out ways to make money off of us even after death. And this is one of the most ghoulish operations I have ever heard of. Um, this is why we got abortion on demand, why live birth abortions, uh, they are selling baby parts the same way. They're dissecting out, harvesting out organs while that baby is alive. And please understand, in organ harvesting, those organs are of no value if the body is dead. This is why they put people on life support. If they are, those organs are deprived of oxygen for even two or three minutes, they're most of them worthless. If they can keep that person alive on life support till they find buyers for their organs, tendons, bones, whatever it is, they'll do it till they get a buyer. And then, like I say, the family right. and is notified. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Like the COVID, like our sister, she was brain dead for three. Her body, they kept her body alive three days after she was brain dead. Uh-huh. And they harvest her organs. Yep. Yes. Yep. We yeah. sold them at a We profit. know all about it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. She went in there conscious and when she came out dead. Uh, it's very devastating, uh, you know. Uh, but these uh, these uh, doctors are making fifty four thousand dollars just to put the person on these machines. And they're giving these doctors incentives, and we need to stop that because we're putting the public at risk, health risk. These incentives right. they're giving. They figured out how to profit off of us even when we die. Um, we are commodities. We have been commodified. They buy, sell, and trade us all day long, even in death. And But this whole system, uh, what we need to do is come down hard on these representatives and senators, governors, who are going along with this stuff and okaying it and sponsoring bills that you know damn well they did not write. Um, and then look at the money trail. How many donations to what amount from the bar associations came in so that they'd sponsor that bill? They don't care. I think that is the most sickening part of this. We have elected officials that absolutely do not give a crap about the people they're supposed to represent. They're there, just like you say, to make money. That's it. I was notified by an attorney out of Florida. He's a civil rights attorney. He heard about uh, my case and my complaints I've been sending to the governor's office of being ignored and stuff. And, uh, you know, Marty, I'm a big mouth. I'll tell you what I think. You know, I can keep it going. So, he, you know, he says that all the attorneys in the state of Florida are aware of you and that, you know, I don't back down because these guardianships are against our civil rights. It's slavery, and no government and no state has the right to own us or our children or our parents, for that matter. I'm totally against it. I will not play with other advocacy groups and say, well, let's do this bill or let's do that bill. It's a start. No, let's just end this nightmare because you can't sit there and tell me that we don't have enough sense to raise our families, to make our money, to buy our homes and cars, and then at the end of our lives, the government can make better choices for us. Uh, kill us off, harvest our bodies, rot our teeth out, over-medicate us, cause us heart, uh, um, cardiac arrest, you know, put us in hospice. I mean, what has the government showed us that they have done good for us? You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, anyone can pick up. Uh, 
anyone can yeah. pick up a piece of paper and start reading the bills and start seeing they are not in our best interest. They're dangerous. You know, yeah. like in and the state of Delaware, uh, it authorizes hospitals to petition for guardianship for non-acute patients. That, that's yeah, slavery. isn't that something you're not even? Yeah, you're not even safe at the hospital. Um, they in most hospitals across the country now have onboard guardians, and their attorneys will file a petition for guardianship overnight. And you find out that your loved one, whomever it is, you can't see them anymore. You can't visit them. You can't know anything about them. They've been guardianized. And they're, one of the reasons they're doing this, this started out in the state of Virginia, is because people were objecting to the treatment they were trying to foist on them. They didn't want it. So they petitioned the governor and the legislature in the state of Virginia to give the hospital the right to make all medical decisions no matter what you want. And they did it. They did it. You are yeah. in danger if you go in the hospital out there. They can do whatever they want you no matter what you put down is don't do this, don't do that, I don't want this, I don't want that. They can do whatever they want to you, and, and you can't do you, a damn and thing. And if they do something illegal and you try to get seek help, there is no help. That's right. Well, you know, I would like to that say exactly something right. about this. Now, I do know I've been doing a lot of legal research, and one thing I would, I would tell people to do, which I'm going to do myself, because after my sister, uh, they killed my sister, and this uh, this um, Alabama hospital, uh, I did learn something by talking to a doctor. As long as you have a POA, say I'm traveling somewhere, always carry your PA and make sure you have it in writing that if you're out of state, that doctor, that hospital has no jurisdiction over you. So you want to make sure you have it in writing. They can't just do whatever they want to do. They have to follow your wishes, your medical wishes, and have five to seven uh People on it, the attorney said, not just one or two, to make it harder for them to uh, to take your loved ones in the hospitals. You know what I'm saying? And guardianships, that's because I, I know yes. that's, that's what happened in my case. Uh, I was down visiting my husband. He worked out, out of state, and this doctor was able to do whatever he wanted. We didn't even live in that state. But I didn't have anything legal wrote up. You understand? You have to have everything mm-hmm. wrote up in your home state and it be um, certified. If not, it's not legal. Wow. So you learn. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Huh. Okay. Then what's next then? Betty? <sighs> Well, it's like you said, we're going to have to get all these things changed. We just can't let things continue the way that they're going. And I also and, would and like to say something. I, I do think that we do need a coalition of groups that do stand for, uh, that have the same beliefs that we do. We mm-hmm. We need to build our troops. Well, have you seen anybody raising you- their hands, Betty? All the other groups won't yeah. have new Senate bills, visitation bills, and, you know, they just want to keep it going. I don't see anybody yeah. that wants to join our group that wants to abolish it. I think right. there's a lot you of got, people you know, out there that, that want to abolish these guardianships. I think we need to reach the public, not these advocacy groups, because once the public realizes 
these baby boomers like us realize this, that all of our life we've worked two, three jobs. We're going to lose everything if we don't stand up for our civil rights. We're, we're losing so many millions of COVID baby boomers a day, Betty. We got to move fast on this. We got about 16 more weeks before the sessions opens back up again. And right now, as we speak, the senators all over the United States are working with attorneys and doctors to figure out how they are going to screw us over more with these guardianships. So what we need to do is start studying them, see how we can counterclaim them. That's what we need to do. And, and well, um, they constantly change these bills, too. They do yes. make it hard for you to keep up. It's oh, not easy. Well, that's what I've told up. people, like, these, when, when these groups will write legislation, and many times it's excellent legislation. It has what it needs to have in it, and it's got teeth in it, and they'll get somebody to sponsor. But once that bill is tabled and scheduled for a hearing, it can be amended 10,000 times without you being notified. And a lot of times what gets passed bears no resemblance to what you wrote. And everybody stands up and says, we passed it, we passed it. Well, it isn't what you wrote, but with all these changes, exactly. and that's where the Parage Association jumps in and changes, takes everything out that would hold them accountable, that would make them you know, responsible for what they do, would put a stop to this, and they make sure none of that is in there. It's these, like these bills, that crisp bill that came out, absolutely nothing, nothing in it was criminalized, not isolation, not estate theft, not anything was criminalized. And, and they only make it sound so theory. good, like they're protecting, yes. but they're not. <laughs> yes, they're not. And then you have these yeah. advocates, the glory hawks, standing up going, I'll take what I can get. Like I said, you got nothing. Are you happy with that? And um, But this goes on constantly, absolutely constantly. We cannot trust the people in government these courts no. are, are a joke, and they are absolutely a joke. And why we we are we are forced to to put up with this, I don't know. But that's one of the things, and I do agree that you cannot fix this. It needs to be taken down altogether. Abolished. Yes. And another, yes. when these bills come out in January. You have to have strong leaders that knows what they're doing. Now, you don't have to be a senator and you don't have to be a lawyer, but what you need to understand is how the process and legislation works in order to make a difference. And these guardianships, I'll give you an example. Okay, in Florida, they had a senator. I'm not naming names at this point. I'm just giving examples. Okay, we had this um, young lady, and she was advocating about a guardianship 744. And... We had a senator that wanted to introduce this bill, a 994, okay? And the advocate was real good, but the only problem I had with her is she did not understand the legal legislation process because if she did, I can guarantee you that senator would not have been able to pass that 994 bill. So it's all about education, and it's about how you have to legally represent a bill when it's on the floor, because if you don't say certain things at a certain time, because you only have so many, many sackets, that those board members of the House can can uh, dismiss you. So you have to know. And for the listeners, the listeners need to understand seven seven four four is the misconduct, and the nine four four is to conceal records. What I'm talking about is the Florida Guardianship seven forty four. 
and the Senate bill 994 to cremate bodies without notifying the family members. Okay, right. I don't want to really get into detail about the Senate bill language. I just want to say that, you know, when we get to the bill, the floor, and when these senators are up there to the House uh, representatives trying to get a bill passed, if we're not there to say, okay, say they got maybe 120 lines. Each line, Marty, that we go through, what we will have to do is we'll have to say, okay, line such and such, we object to. Well, you you got a counterclaim it. What, what are you objecting to? Why are you objecting to? Then we have to give our reasons, and it has to have standing, just like with any court process, in order for the for the House Speaker to take it in. You know, he can dismiss it or she can dismiss it if you don't have standing. You have to learn the process. So my goal is, of course, I'm against uh, guardianships altogether. Uh, so I want to abolish it. So when the bills come up. I'm going to be there, and I'm going to, no, 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 I don't want this, object, 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 and why object? So, you know, you've got well, to be prepared. What makes you think so they're I'm going to say that you have standing, Peggy? Because then you have, depending on the way the language is wrote up, you have to learn the elements. Okay, for instance, negligence. If, say, a senator wants to add in a public official, it's not negligent over uh, a murder case. Say a person under DCF custody gets killed, and they write a language in that they're not uh, liable, then you have to counterclaim and have, have pleadings under negligence elements, certain elements. And then, you, and then you have to go even further, Betty, and that's where we come in at. That's why I'm doing this data research. I want victims to come forward. I'm writing a little survey. It's important that they fill it out, but they have to understand. When they fill these surveys out I'm doing, they have to admit to go to legislation with me. That way, because if I don't bring victims to testify, they can dismiss everything. You know what I'm saying? So it's like a court process that we have to do in legislation. So we have to bring the victims. We have to bring the evidence. Well, this is why we think this way. You know, we make sure we have our elements in place. We have the victims in place. We have their testimonies. We, have their, we can even bring experts at the juicy, Betty. Uh, a lot of people don't understand how the legislation works. We, I can tell you, we can out talk the night and day and not these mid-mills coming out. But we've got to be prepared for these people. I've been very itchy trying to find out some of their proposals. So we can counterplay them. How do you find out the proposals ahead of time? Well, normally a Florida bar and the North Carolina bar normally comes out at the end of their uh, findings and stuff. You sort of have to wait. That's what I'm waiting for. But I've already got friends that sort of telling me what they're doing, so I'm already starting to prepare my data information that I'm going to be asking the, the, the victims to fill out. And then if they're not going to do the legislation for me, I don't want them filling it out. The purpose is to get victims into legislation by hundreds and hundreds of thousands. I don't want two and three, okay? we got to show a mass growth in this conduct these public officials are doing in order to get these bills uh, vetoed. Right. It's not work. It's not easy, but it can't be done. I don't spend 18 hours studying for nothing. I'm ready and prepared for this new legislation coming aboard, and we need as many victims as we can find. It doesn't matter when the victim was a victim. I'm not worried about statute of limitation. What I'm worried about is the victim. 
and how we can get new laws passed that protects the victim, not public officials. Because are criminal, and they're concealing these uh, cases under the uh, Department of Children and Families policies and procedures. The Department of Justice realized that so many people have caught on to the little scams these guardianships are, so they decided to join forces with Department of Children and Families. So to me, they they cross lines because when you file a complaint, civil divisions, you have to go through Department of Justice. How can you go through Department of Justice when they are liaisons with Department of Children and Family? It's a conflict of interest, and the governor should not have ever signed those bills allowing Department of Children to be over guardianships programs in all these different states. And it's also a conflict of interest because the governor has a bond on every ward. Exactly. A lot of people don't understand that. They own that person. And I don't understand why millions of people aren't rioting the streets because they are being owned by their own government and we're going back into slavery again. has nothing to do with our color. And and a person being taken from their family and given up for organ donation is no different than the Holocaust. Exactly. Thank you for pointing that out. Yep. Well, you know, when you look at this whole this whole thing here, if you go back to Nazi Germany, and I hate to keep revisiting that, but the first thing they did was they killed off the elderly. And the second thing they did is they went after the chronically ill and disabled, and they got rid of them. And then they separated people from their children. Sound familiar, anybody? And exactly. Exactly. We are following the plan Hitler. and they are one of the yes yes it's just like and, you uh, know, and and a lot people of people like look at you people like look at you when you say comments like that they're like how could you say that but look at how many people have been killed under guardianships and nobody's being arrested it's a federal crime these doctors are, yes. are taking other people from other states and putting them in guardianships where they don't legally have jurisdiction and the judges don't but the judicial qualification in that state you file a complaint plays it down and doesn't send an order to the governor to write executive order. So then this crooked judge will give a notice to the governor, and they will uh, they will write them uh, permission to retire. And they, after committing a federal crime, they get their full benefits. And you know the yes, governor is aware of what the judge has done. See, in all these cases, every time a government official at any level gets caught – red-handed, and they can't bail them out one way or hide what they've done. Instead of firing them, they force them to resign, and that allows them to keep all of their benefits. If they fired them, if they fired them, they lose everything. And this is more of the protection racket, you know, and we have to keep paying these people for the rest of our lives and the rest of theirs for being corrupt and and not having any any, uh, concern uh, but this this has done all. We saw this uh, with the Forestry Service and Tony Took, who was a prof- prolific sexual predator and caused a great deal of harm to women in the forestry. They had him nailed down, and he was allowed to resign so he could keep all of his benefits, and they never did charge him. And, well, you uh, know what the Senate, I, but this, go ahead. Go ahead. Attorney told me, I asked attorney, why is it? 
that when the governor, judicial qualification, knows a judge has committed outside of their jurisdiction a federal crime, why is it that they let them retire? She said, it's very simple. It doesn't go down on them. I said, well, what, could you um, comment further? She said, simple. They, they have, if they, if they uh, let them retire, they don't have to do an investigation on them. If they fire them, they can do an investigation on the people from committing a federal right. crime and go. do indictments to the grand jury. So if they go ahead and let them voluntarily retire, nothing gets done. I said, that is, that is terrible. That policy needs to be changed. Though public officials, no matter if they let them retire, they still should be uh, garnished their retirements. We are we taxpayers pay for their salary retirements. We need to get abolish the retirement plans. And it also yeah. probably gets to protect against liability to the state. Yeah. Right. Well, that's yeah. what I was saying. They do it because if they have to open up an investigation, it makes their agency liable and it puts more scrutiny on their agency. Nobody trusts the government. There is no public trust. I don't know any portion of the public that trusts the government on any level. Um, and why we continue to endure this is beyond me. Um, it, it, this is, is not, it, it, it's just not making sense to me. But I think people, especially Americans, have become so apathetic and so complacent that unless misery lands on their doorstep, they don't want to be bothered. Um, oh, that, that's after 14, right, Martin. I've, after 14 years of this, I am still stymied at the number of people who say, oh, that can't happen. Well, you must have done something wrong. No. Exactly. And then some of those people have come back to me a year or two later screaming bloody murder because it landed on grandma and grandpa or mom or dad or whomever. Help, help, help. No, I'm sorry. I don't believe what you're saying. And um, <laughs> But it just, uh, you know, yeah. Um, but this is, you know, all of these battles that people come out, Peggy, like with you and Betty, you have these excellent ideas. Uh, you know, God knows you know your your stuff. And yet... And I don't know about you, I always anticipated a huge fight from the opposition. I never anticipated the cutthroat, backbiting, neck-chewing from people that are supposed to be on the same side I am, of who's boss and who king, and if it wasn't for me, and if I hadn't done this, and they don't do anything, they take everybody else's work, and I'm surprised they haven't snatched yours, Peggy, and stood up and took credit for it. Um, I'm not oh, interested. Fine. I'll work with... Say what? I said they're in the process of trying. Yes. Yeah, I imagine so. The little group. I imagine. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I'm, I'm not intimidated mm -hmm. because I know they can't do the things I can do, and that's why I'm not – I don't feel a threat. You know, they can talk all they there you want, go. but they don't understand the process like I understand – so I, I'm not hurt by it, but I'm looking at the bigger picture. I'm, I'm looking at everyone's civil rights, protecting everyone's civil rights, not just a certain class of people. I'm worried about the senior citizens. I'm worried about the disabled, yes. and I'm worried about the non-disabled that's being forced into these guardianships unconstitutional. Right. And also I'm worried about children everyone. in DCF care. 
I, I'm, yes, I'm always yes, thinking about that. Care. Even though we advocate against guardianship, it's also these children that are sold off into uh, foster care and at adoption and things. Yes. Well, I did want to you mention know, something so about the. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I do want to. Uh, I do want to um, say something, Betty, about the foster care. What I have found that the Department of Children and Family is doing now is once they put a foster child into a guardianship. It's easy for them to adopt them out because if, because they, they have uh, less uh, processing time for the adoption. So I found at higher rates of uh, adoptions going into these guardianships and these foster cares because, see, in these guardianships, the parents don't have due process. They go through Department of Children and Family. They claim all these false all allocations. The parent has no due process, and they cannot go to court under these protective orders and defend themselves. So uh, the legislation has come up with something better where they give money. They have, they have these federal grants. If they go through the guardianship process of adoption, they get more money. The parents do. So they're doing it that way, and it's less uh, legal paperwork because if they do it through the letter, the legal uh, adoption way, the family law, so they have to go through the family law. In order for them to go through the family law, Betty, they have to give due process. They have to have jury trials. So legislation right. is come up with a smart so they're process stripping children to bullet, of their to civil rights. that family law process and put them through Department of Children and Family because they're doing everything they can, baby, family members, from going through jury trials. They have set right. down and designed these guardianships so you have no due process, no jury trial. You go straight into protective uh, uh, orders these children and adults do, and even elderly adults do, and they get stripped of their money, their names, everything, and there's nothing you can do about it. And Governor Ron DeSantos, I could not believe him. A few weeks ago, he went on TV talking. Now, I love animals, Marty. Don't get me wrong about this comment I'm yep. going to make. He talks about how uncivil, um, humane it Fauci. is for these, these puppies to be uh, experimenting by Dr. Fucci, uh, the man scientist, but that's just my opinion. But he doesn't talk about how these guardianships are so unconstitutional and people are being murdered in them. I could not understand. I yes. said, are you really joking? Are you joking, right. sir? When he when he's confronted by advocates he, about guardianships, he'll take off running. Yeah, yeah. he, he, he well, it's, it's, he's a disgrace to the nation. He's adoption. These, if these adoptions, the reason they are forcibly adopting children out is under Title 4D, Social Security. They get paid for every forced adoption. And, you know, years ago I had people, because I got many friends that are gay, they said, oh, they're destroying the traditional marriage. They have no power to destroy the American family. The only people that have the power to do that is the government, and they're doing a fine job. They're taking your elderly. They're taking your children. They're, they're destroying everything. People that you don't know that live a different life than you do are not doing a damn thing to you. Look to your government. That's who's out to harm you. And that DeSantos, I've, I've noticed with him, he plays both sides. And he'll come out with just like you were talking about this story about these puppies and what they were doing with these puppies and everything. I, I would like to see as much concern come from him about what they're doing to the elderly caught in guardianships in Florida. I truly wish the man yeah, would speak to that, but he won't. Adults are being uh, humans trafficking into the state of Florida, too. And I, mm. I'm just appalled because when I talk to his administration, 
They're like, well, ma'am, we're so backed up. And I said, listen, it's been years, so don't give me this runaround anymore. Make the appointment Mm -hmm. because they don't like people like me that will pin you down and say, okay, why did you violate the federal constitution? Why are you covering up all these federal crimes and these guardianships? Ron DeSantis, the type of governor, he doesn't have open door policy to the, the, the citizens. He does, and, and I'm not a violent person. I just have questions I'd like to ask the gentleman, and I want answers to. He doesn't like that. He's the kind of guy that only right. wants to give um, give you questions. He doesn't want to answer back. If you notice in any of his interviews, uh, it's a joke. Uh, each governor yeah. in each state, we pay our elected officials to represent us, and I feel personally they should have to answer our questions when they have violated the federal constitution. You know, uh, these guardianships yep. are, uh, are unconstitutional. Him keeping bonds on people, misleading the public, saying these are programs. They're not. They're misleading the public. They are owning people, going back into slavery. Yes. Yes. And, you know, I see all these color yes. folks uh, in uh, these civil groups, and I was thinking, I just wish that they would listen to what I'm saying because I've been trying to get in some of the groups and explain to them that we're we're going back into slavery. We're not we're not out of it. We're we're back in it again through these guardianships. And I and I'm trying to open up dialogues to the these young uh, communities and, and explain to them this is all of our problem. This is not a one person problem here that we have. And right. until we all face it and demand the people representing us that they must be accountable for their actions and write legislation. We don't allow them to write just anything they want, and that's what we need to change, Marty. It's being able to control, yes. control what our elected officials do because we are the ones that pay their salaries. They represent us, right. not the other way around. Well, and I remind people of this constantly, which I reminded a senator out in D.C. of this. I help pay your salary, and I believe that makes you my employee, does it not? And as long as you are, I'll thank you to adopt a little more subservient attitude when you speak to me. And, um, of course, I, the person I'm addressing thinks they're royalty. And um, how dare I? How dare I? Well, I dare because I'm paying you. You could at least do the job I hired you to do. We've only got about two minutes left here, girls. Uh, we will be back on Friday night uh, with the regular show with Cause. Um, tomorrow night, I'm hoping to have a guest for whistleblowers, and we'll try to pick up where we have been for all of you who sent your well wishes. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm recovering. I'm getting better. And no, I don't have COVID, and neither do you. And uh, But if you got the vaccine, you are infected. And uh, But anyway, uh, we're going to do more with Peggy and Betty. Uh, we need to follow this up. We need the next show, I hope, to do on the process for addressing this issue. Uh, Peggy has explained in detail what has to happen before you can get to that point. And now and what do we do the, with that information? Go ahead. And the questions I'm asking, it's not, it's not a nice question. I get to the point, 
I'm a troubleshooter. I like to resolve. Uh, I like to resolve problems. I'm asking, did this public official commit this crime? How did they did it? I'm going to ask the public certain questions to fill out in guardianships of how they were able to get, commit fraud upon the court. I'm going to really uh, be very frank with my questions. They may be very tough questions. A lot of people may not want to answer them, but this is the only way to collect data to change it through the legislation. I need this data in order to do something about it. And if they fill out one of these uh, questionnaires that we're doing, Marty, we will ask them to go to legislation. If they're not interested, also they I'm not could interested be, in them uh, doing the data. Furnished with uh, non-disclosure okay. documentation too, to preserve yeah. their evidence. Right. Well, well the thing is, what yeah, if, if what they're doing is above board and in the best interest and it's lawful, why are you trying to hide what you're doing? I'm sorry, but, exactly. you know, the fact that you're trying to hide it, you know, it reminds me of a big fat cat in a litter box. Um, you wouldn't be trying to hide it if what you're doing wasn't totally wrong. And uh, so we can't allow this to happen. We've got just about 60 seconds left here. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in tonight. Again, these shows are available in archive, so you can go back and listen again and make more notes. Um, Peggy does talk fast, but the information is priceless. And, Betty, thank you for jumping in here this evening. Uh, a nice day to everyone who sent their well wishes. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And uh, I am getting better. And I'll get back to me sooner or later. Thanks a reminder that all these shows... <laughs> yep. All yeah, these shows are brought to you us. in coordination uh, with Marcel Reed and the Whistleblower Summit, an annual event in Washington, D.C. We have a panel there on guardianship, and we are, we got so many things in the work, and I, I wish we could talk more about it, but of course the glory hogs would jump in there and mess it all up, so we have to keep quiet. It's the only way we can protect what we're doing. Um, we will get you girls scheduled again here very soon, uh, hopefully this Sounds next great. week. And so we can we can get some more information going here. Again, everyone, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we had a full house tonight, and we will be back later. Thanks, everyone, and good night. Thank you. Good night. Good night.